This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode 97 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he always has been, and always, hopefully always will be, is Cal. Cal, welcome to another episode of the DCAU Review. We're smack dab in the middle of our Elseworlds Superman month. Yes, sir. I, I don't plan on going any place, but if uh, if you oh, are good. searching, if you're searching for a new co-host, I hear there's plenty of people willing to uh, <laughs> to apply for that out there in the uh, the wonderful world of DCAU fandom. Never. I appreciate it. Thanks for keeping me around for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yes, definitely. we are we are in the middle of our uh, Elseworld Superman month, as you talked about. Uh, so we've had uh, two two weeks. So first week we covered the brand new. Uh, Warner animation film, which actually is coming out on DVD slash Blu-ray shortly. Uh, the digital release already came out, but I think it's another couple weeks and it comes out on DVD Blu-ray. So if you haven't gotten a chance to to stream it yet, and you want to red box it, or you know if you want to go out and buy the steel book, you know super deluxe version, uh, you'll have that opportunity soon. And then of course last week we covered two of the the uh, just absolutely legendary Max Fleischer Superman cartoon shorts from the early 40s uh, so we had the latest iteration of superman in animation the very first uh, iterations of superman in animation and now we're uh, we're going back to uh to a fun series that we have visited a couple times before liam yeah and we are looking at batman the brave and the bold the cartoon network series from the the late uh 2000, I believe it debuted in 2009, went through to the early 2010s, and we are specifically, of course, talking about, since this is Elseworlds Superman Month, the uh, debut of the Superman character in this world, that being the episode The Battle of the Superheroes, which actually originally aired on March 25th, 2011. So we are just shy of the nine-year anniversary of this cartoon debuting. And uh, Cal, we'll, we'll jump into plot, and this is a really fun episode, and a, such as is with a lot of these Batman Brave and the Bold episodes, it is such a love letter to Golden and Silver Age comic books, in this case mostly Superman comics. But uh, before we get into the plot and talking about what we liked and maybe what we didn't like, I of course have our IMDB synopsis for us. Thank God. <laughs> And this is for the episode, The Battle of the Superheroes, which was written by Stephen Melching and directed by Ben Jones. And that synopsis reads as such. When Superman is affected by red kryptonite, he becomes a super jerk. Batman must stop him from destroying his reputation and more. Yeah, that's a that's pretty to the point. Great job for the person that uh, wrote that for IMDb. 
super jerk is a uh, is the is the keyword there. So yeah, as we as we jump into plot here, Cal, obviously, like we said, this is the first appearance of Superman in this Brave and the Bold world, which is a much lighter take on the Batman mythos. And as as uh, if you're not as familiar with the show, every episode he would team up with a different famous DC character. And for the first couple seasons, they really avoided a lot of the heavy hitters um, as far as the the Supermans and Wonder Womans and uh, even you know, we had minimal appearances from maybe some of the lesser known Green Lanterns. But uh, here we get the first team up in this world uh, of the Man of Steel. It's, it's world's finest. Of course, you had you had to know one day we'd get to see Batman and Superman team up in this world. And as I sort of mentioned in the intro there, uh, what what proceeds in this episode beyond Superman getting affected with Red Kryptonite and becoming a a super jerk is uh, just a, a, a 22 minute love letter to Silver Age Superman comics and the wacky, silly and uh, awesome nature of them. Oh boy, yeah, that's that's to say the least. Um, before we actually talk about that, though, I think we mentioned it. We definitely mentioned it on the prior. I think we've done two other Batman: Brave and the Bold episodes. Correct. Yes. Um, so on the two prior ones, we talked about how before you kick off to the main story, and something that I appreciate and have neglected to remember before watching this episode is before we kick off to the main story, they have these little intro you know, mini stories that are self-contained yes. that are minute and 30 seconds long or something like that. Uh, so this one I thought was pretty awesome. And we'll talk uh, some of it about it in, in the, uh, in the visuals part of our, of our discussion here. But uh, so w- he's never named exactly. He's actually called a Pharaoh, but we have a, an appearance of the sixties Batman classic villain, King Tut, who is uh, turning some super or some some normal citizens into zombies? Yes. And then uh, Batman and Robin show up in these mummy costumes, uh, which I'll discuss further in in visual or in the, in the visuals and animation. But they show up in these mummy costumes that uh, <laughs> that reflect or deflect the rays that come out of the of the uh, of King Tut's wand that has been turning these people into zombies, and. Uh, protects them from being turned into into zombies a very very 1960s and silver age batman story and um it just a lot of fun and he has you know king tut has his own king tut mobile that he tries to escape (laughs) in shaped like the sphinx um king tut by the way if if you're not familiar with batman 66 or who who this guy was in batman 66 at least he was like a college professor and i guess (laughs) egyptologist or something like that who got hit in the head and suffered some sort of uh brain damage from getting hit in the head and turned him he made him think that he was the reincarnated king tut uh and all of his crimes were then sort of you know egypt related and yes. stealing stealing artifacts and such um so seeing that translated into a cartoon albeit for a minute and 30 seconds was quite quite in- enjoyable i i really enjoyed that and uh the guy that's doing uh, that did king tut's voice did a pretty good job of doing the uh 
doing a, uh, a spot-on impersonation of the original 66 King Tut. So I, I enjoyed that that as well. But uh, yeah, the actual, the main meat, meat and potatoes of this episode, the actual plot is... Uh, it's just goofy. It's off the wall. And going going into this cartoon, you I mean you have to you have to understand, like you said, this is an homage to that era where everything was wacky sci-fi and comics hat were intentionally took this turn because they had been uh, basically, I, the U, the U.S. government was stepping in and saying that things after complaints had been made that the comics were too violent and too sexual and too, uh, you know, basically almost almost put comics out of business for a while. So comics yes. had to comic books had to sort of take this this turn to be more lighthearted and child friendly and these goofy off world sci fi type uh, storylines, which is kind of what birthed the Silver Age. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. That that was a a huge part of it. It was less less gangsters and less sort of real world problems and a lot more uh, you know, gimmicks and colorful villains with and aliens with laser you know, laser weapons and, and things like that. Less uh you know, less gangsters with guns in uh as far as villains and things like that go. Um so yeah, that was that was definitely Part of it was a was definitely a, a mission statement to make clear these are for children. They're fine. They're harmless, uh, and you don't need to regulate us any further. Right. Um, so so from that birth, this sort of goofy. And and like you said, this is a straight up. If you've ever read, or if you haven't read, this is a great introduction into that those Silver Age Superman comics. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, are probably available in the DC streaming app, Liam. Yes, uh, maybe not all of them because I, I I think some of the the they have to be like physically scan in each issue, and I think they're slowly but surely uh, adding in a lot of those classic era uh, Superman and, and Batman comics, which which what a great deal it is at the <laughs> Universe app. Which once again, of course, folks, we are not paid to promote, but uh, we'd sure like to be. So, <laughs> consider this proof of concept uh, if anyone from the DC universe is listening um, yes but yeah specifically I actually I wrote I did a little bit of research I found some of the direct comics uh, that, that were referenced in this issue um, and we, we I won't go through all of them but as you mentioned we had our little cold open with Batman and Robin in the mummy costumes that's actually referencing Detective Comics number 320 Yep. Uh, Batman and Robin, the mummy crime fighters, the name Do of you the know, issue. Did you read this? I, I actually also did some research on that comic. Mm-hmm. Do you know the reason why they, they were wearing the mummy costumes in the comic? I do not. Uh, because the, something happened and it turned their skin green. Uh, Batman and Robin had green skin for the issue. And so as not to frighten the citizens as they were fighting crime, they wore mummy costumes. Ah. Uh. Well, it was either that or give Robin clothes that covered his arms and legs, and <laughs> that wasn't an option, clearly. So, uh, yeah, so, some of the other great ones that are referenced, we have a, a later on, once Superman is uh, infected with the Red Kryptonite, and he declares himself ruler of Metropolis, he puts on a giant crown with an <laughs> S on it, uh, which is from Action Comics number 302. Um, some of the other ones referenced are a few different issues of the Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, uh, number 30, which is Superman destroying the bathrobe that Jimmy gifted him. 
Uh, <laughs> Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number 53, which is where Jimmy turns into a giant turtle man. And yep. uh, Superman has to uh, exile him from the Earth. And then uh, actually right at the start of the episode, uh, as the sorry, the main portion goes, as, as Jimmy is pretending to be sick and dying in his bed to try to trick Superman into revealing his secret identity is actually from uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 131. And uh, in addition to that, there's a couple other ones. Uh, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, number 23. She she imagines herself being married to Superman and sees two little super kids playing catch with a giant boulder. That's uh, literally a cover from that issue. And there's a uh, one other great reference that maybe we'll, we'll mention a little bit later, but yeah, as far as yeah. the rest of the plot, but among all of these great silver age references, we also have references to things like the Christopher Reeve movies to the dark Knight returns uh, graphic novel, oh, yeah. which thematically is about as far away from this brave and the bold series as you could get but uh, a lot of the action in the actual superman versus batman fight is obviously not just batman's suit but the uh the uh some of the action shots of of how the action takes place are, are ripped straight from those uh those panels of the dark knight returns book and uh it's it's a really and we'll get a little bit more into that in visuals, but yeah, it's, it's it references a few different eras and even references uh, the DCAU itself a little bit. And again, we'll get into that a little bit more in visuals. But sure, I guess as we mentioned, we can we can go ahead and give our scores for plot. It's it's a wacky fun story. We get a little bit of Superman. We get a little montage of Batman and Superman fighting a bunch of different Superman rogues. Superman goes crazy for a little while. Batman and Crypto get him to snap out of it. And then uh, we get a little bit of them tricking Lex Luthor at the end and shaking hands and riding off to fight crime again. So I, I thought this was pretty perfect for a for what it was. And for that reason, I actually gave Plot a 10 out of 10. Wow. That's, uh, that is surprising. Um, I, I went, uh, I'm, I'm similarly there. I went eight out of 10. Um, it is, it is goofy. It's fun. As you said, you know, Lex Luthor gets captured early on in the episode and, uh, sent to prison only to have, uh, to reappear later on. And he's sent these red kryptonite, uh, a necklace to Lois and a watch to Jimmy Olsen. And we find out that that affects Superman and basically turns him into the anti Superman. Uh, so he, he goes from the Superman that you're used to, to the Superman that's decided he's going to be uh, a totalitarian. Imagine that <laughs> we're, uh, we're three weeks in here. And I think we've mentioned totalitarian Superman all three weeks here. So, yeah. Um, you know, he decides he's going to take over and he, like you said, he's putting this ridiculous crown on and sitting on a throne and, uh, you know, it's, it's very, uh, it's very wacky. Uh, of course, come at, at the end, it, it's revealed that, uh, Luthor is behind it all and that the Luthor that was arrested was a robot and he's been pulling the strings and, uh, Batman learns that uh, the effects of red kryptonite only last 24 hours, so he just has to occupy his time and fight him until, until the uh, the clock strikes noon, at which time Superman reverts, and then they, they face Luthor. They realize Luthor is the only person uh, that knows besides besides Batman and Superman that how red kryptonite affects him, and uh, they go to, to confront Luthor, who looks like he 
kills Batman. I don't know. Um, <laughs> shoots him with a ray, and then Superman goes to attack Luthor at that point. Luthor pulls out his green kryptonite ring, and Superman uh, is affected initially, but then laughs it off and knocks Luthor out. And turns out that Superman was wearing a Batman costume, and Batman was wearing a Superman costume. So go figure. They switch right. places. Yeah, is, uh, I, I love that little bit of trickery. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And then, then the best one of the best parts is there's they're throwing Superman and Batman a parade at the end because yes. that's that's what you did in the Silver Age. Even though Superman just destroyed half the city and was a jerk, super jerk. Now we're throwing him a parade because yay, Superman. Uh, well, yeah. trust uh, anyway. reporter Clark Kent uh, told the story that he had been <laughs> that's true. control. So that's the true. City, there uh, you go. The city forgave him. There we go. Anyway, uh, I, I gave it a very strong eight out of 10 for that. Uh, it's a little goofy, goofy for my taste. Um, you know, I, I love it for the Silver Age era corniness, but it's still corny at the end of the day. That's fair. Uh, and moving on from there to visuals and animation. And Cal, we already mentioned there's so many great uh, homages to specific comic book covers. Um, and we also get kind of, again, just that whole era of Superman. We get to see the, the Fortress of Solitude at one point, complete with the giant door with the big golden key in, <laughs> in the middle of the Arctic. And yep. uh, we go inside the fortress. We see things like we see one of the robots from the Mechanical Monster Slicer short. I had that written down as well. <laughs> yes, we see uh, the, the Phantom Zone rings from the Christopher Reeve movies. Yeah. Uh, we see, of course, the Bottle City of Candor, which Superman, <laughs> while he's while he is under the uh, the effects of Red Kryptonite, just picks up and starts shaking while shouting <laughs> "Earthquake!" Love it. And uh, yeah, some some really fun visuals. Yeah. And as we mentioned here, uh, the the fight between Batman and Superman is probably the uh, the piece de resistance as far as the actual traditional superhero animation, but uh, a lot of fun visuals throughout this one. Yeah, I agree. I, you mentioned it already when we were talking about plot, but the, you know, I, I had written down really, there are specific and they, they, it, they might as well have a giant, you know, red, red flashing light around them, but they, cause they literally slow down and freeze them, but they rip several visuals right from panels from the dark Knight returns. And, and uh, you, you know, you can line them up side by side and they are, they're direct rips from, from the dark Knight returns. So that was, that was a great homage. I really, really enjoyed those. It's just one of those moments where if you've read the dark Knight returns and you're seeing it, of course, Batman is wearing, uh, the Dark Knight Returns costume as he's battling Superman. And even though, like you said, this is not at all similar to what <laughs> the, the story for the Dark Knight Returns is, um, you know, you, you, seeing that visual of the two of them fighting and then them, them, you know, tipping their caps to those just absolutely iconic panels from that, from that, uh, what is an iconic graphic novel uh, was was really fun. I really appreciated it. Like you had already mentioned, the mechanical monster in the background from the uh, from the Fleischer short was was super super cool. Um, also, I would actually 
like to bring back uh, a bit that we have not talked about in quite a long time, Liam, and that would be hashtag Kate movement. Um, there is, I, I actually went out of my way to notice the amount of Kate movement that they uh, they enjoyed with Superman, especially when uh, he's he's flying in that initial scene, uh, bat- getting ready to do battle with with uh, with Batman, and then in the last scene. Where he and he and Batman and Lois and Jimmy uh, confront Luthor. There's uh, just some tremendous cape movement mm-hmm. going on there. Um, that with the whole aesthetics of the 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 Silver Age and and just the the art style is super fun. It's very it's reminiscent of a Bruce Tim style with the you know the square jaws and the you know the barrel chests, but it's not it's not just ripped directly it feels familiar but it's its own thing um mm-hmm. you already mentioned also the the homage to detective comics 320 with the mummy costumes and um that was also being very familiar with a lot of those those uh detective comics covers from the 50s and 60s um when we were growing up we actually had a had a mini book that just had all the covers from yes. the uh, detective comics uh from the original detective comics all the way up through some of the ones in the 80s and just seeing that that the mummy costumes uh again was with just shot me back to to looking through that that book of covers so um really really just a beautifully done episode the whole animation for this series is just fun and comforting and feels right at home um and not too far off from what we're used to with the dcau so uh, i had no choice but to give visuals a perfect 10 out of 10 very nice yeah and i i also gave visuals a perfect 10 out of 10 it's awesome uh, a couple of other minor things to note. Uh, I love Crypto the Superdog just as a concept. <laughs> and uh, seeing him in this episode was fun. But I love the bit where uh, hit, you know, Batman's kind of getting his, his butt kicked a little bit. And Crypto is kind of running interference. And Superman grabs Crypto by the cape, throws him into outer space. And then Crypto kind of comes back at him and like starts catches on fire as he's burning up, coming back into the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, and attack Superman. I thought that was really really uh, well done. And then the biggest sort of visual homage among uh, as far as things we haven't mentioned yet is uh, the the initial uh, physical contact between Batman and Superman is uh, almost spot for spot storyboard for storyboard uh, the Superman versus Darkseid fight from the final episode of Justice League Unlimited. Uh, which obviously we have not uh, covered yet, but pretty famously in that in that episode, I believe it's called Destroyer. Uh, Superman punches Darkseid, and he Darkseid goes flying through buildings. By the time Darkseid flies through the building, Superman's already waiting for him on the other side, and smashes him back down to earth, and the the whole street explodes as as Darkseid comes crashing back down, and they pay homage obviously james tucker who is the the lead producer on on this series was also a producer on on justice league unlimited so that's kind of cool i guess to be able to give an homage to yourself or just something that you yourself worked on um so yeah like we said even though this is so deeply rooted in the silver age it's it's fun to see those uh those different homages and then as i also just wanted to shout out the, the character designs um because it's funny because if you look at like the background characters in and you know the, the civilian characters 
they aren't necessarily dra- drawn to be in period clothes at all. Mm-hmm. And yet Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane and Superman very much are. So right. I love that like we have pretty like normal looking civilians, but then we have this like this newspaper uh, reporter gal from the 1930s just like standing next to like a guy in slacks and a polo, like <laughs> in some of those crowd shots. I think it's it's really funny that like for whatever reason, uh, this one, this one building in Metropolis uh, got plucked out in 1939 or 1938, and uh, was placed in sort of modern day society. I, I I loved going back to those those really classic designs. Uh, Agree. Jimmy in the green suit with the with the red bow tie and and Lois again the the, sh- the shorter hair and the uh, and the, and Superman constantly squinting. <laughs> uh all 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 great little uh, visual notes yeah there was i even i i actually didn't even write it down but you just uh reminded me of that also uh, another nod to the dcau uh was just the backgrounds of like the daily planet and the computers and stuff that they were working on mm-hmm. uh, very very similar setting for at least for the daily planet uh rang true to the original superman the animated series setting as well definitely and uh, moving on from that to music, Cal. So we have music by, actually, there's three people that worked on the music for this episode. We have Christopher Carter, uh, Lolita Romanis, and Michael McQuistian, all names you might be familiar with if you're <laughs> a fan of the DCAU. Very. Um, but, yeah, so it's funny, because I don't think there's, there's not a traditional theme, other than, as we've talked about in previous episodes, the main theme song of the show. We right. Don't, it, it's 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 again sort of just uh, not that there's anything wrong with the music, but it, I and I do like the music in the Batman vs Superman fight scene. Mm-hmm. They they add there's a certain sense of dread to it as Superman's kind of wiping the floor with Batman at first, and then it becomes a little more heroic and hopeful and epic as Batman kind of starts to fight back. But it, there's, you don't really get grabbed by it. There isn't like a great. Batman theme or a Superman theme that plays when they when they first come on the screen. Yeah, and uh, I, you know we nitpick about things, and this is a different type of show. And we've we mentioned that last week in the in the Fleischer Superman episode that we covered, which uh, you can check out on your favorite podcast app or in the DCAUreview.com in the archives. Um, but you know, it's it's hard when you're comparing. You're using this scorecard that we use for our standard DCAU shows uh, for these Elseworlds programs, uh, but because we have we have like this is what we do. This is our scorecard. Uh, we kind of kind of rank it up there. But you know, this is a different type of show. Like you said, it is it is lighter. It's not the music maybe isn't as much of a focal point. Certainly not as much of a focal point as it was for Batman the Animated Series or any of those other DCAU shows. So it does play in the background. With that said, I felt like with the homages they did, this would have been the perfect spot to include, and I don't know as far as rights fees and who owns the rights to the original, you know, Fleischer Superman theme, but you figured they could pull some strings in it or or do a a sound alike if you will uh to that and they they could have had some fun with that they they do later on do the you know i'm superman says that he's faster than a speeding bullet more powerful Mm -hmm. than a locomotive and able to leap tall buildings at a single bound which i you know i popped for that that was awesome oh yeah um but you know i i 
having that Superman theme pop through at some point, even if you played it in sort of a a minor key, um, and as he's as he's sort of taking over, that would have that would have been cool too. So I, I feel like they missed out on the opportunity to do something like that, as much as the homage as they did with the visuals and the uh, the callbacks to the Silver Age uh, comics that they really could have done something with Superman's theme. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, that being said, like I said, I, I did enjoy the music for, for what it was. Certainly not bad. Uh, I went ahead and gave it just a, a, a like I said, I, I appreciate it, especially in the in some of the fight scenes. So I, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I'm right there. I, I went middle of the road, 5 out of 10. It, and it's not a, an indictment, I like I said. I, I yeah. think it, it performs well. I think that the certainly the composers did what needed for this ep- what they needed for this episode. Um, with the ex- I think maybe if they had done one of those Superman-esque themes or included that somehow, I, I definitely yeah. would have would have uh, would have brought my score up a little bit more. And to your point, I believe the first time they use Wonder Woman on the show, they actually do include the Linda Carter Wonder Woman theme. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it would have been cool to get uh, yeah, either the the Fleischer radio Superman uh, theme or, or even the the John Williams uh, Christopher Reeve theme or something like that. Just a little bit would have would have been a nice little touch. But hey, you know, that's that's certainly nitpicking. So we can move on from there to our final category, Cal, which is, of course, voice acting. And we have a pretty big cast today. Obviously, we have our Batman, who we just talked about recently in the Superman Red Sun movie. Uh, Diedrich Bader uh, plays Batman in this series. And as as we've talked about in our previous uh, reviews of Brave and the Bold episodes, he's, he's kind of the perfect Batman for this type of show. Yeah, he uh, he's he's that Batman that takes him a little bit himself a little bit too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not quite the the straight tongue in cheek wink at the camera Adam West, but it's if, as if that that Batman uh, took himself more seriously, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I, I love this. I love Dietrich Bader as Batman for this version of Batman. Agreed. And uh, some of the other cast members we had, we have Richard Rose as Superman, who uh, it's funny. Some of the voice acting talent, they aren't necessarily the big uh, guest stars. We certainly have some familiar names that we'll get to in some supporting roles. But as far as uh, Richard Rose as Superman, he's done a lot of voice acting over the years, a lot of video games, a lot of uh, just a lot of sort of minor roles in various cartoons. But here he is getting you know, a pretty big deal, as we mentioned, you know, the, the debut of Superman in this cartoon. And, uh, he's, he's not, he's not necessarily one of the big, the big names in voice acting, but, uh, he, again, for this type of Superman, I think he does a pretty great job. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's funny when I first heard him, I thought it was George Newbern doing a, uh, a kind of over the top <laughs> voice, um, a more exaggerated voice because he has a very similar tone to George Newbern. So it mm-hmm. felt comfortable in that sense, but then he definitely sets himself apart by being the goofy out, you know, out there outlandish over the top Superman. Um, there are some absolutely hilarious <laughs> lines that he delivers as Superman, um, especially when he, you know, when he flips the script and all of a sudden is, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just super jerk. Uh, there's, there's a lot of great lines that he delivers and, uh, 
yeah, I, I think he does he does a really, really, really good job. It was really fun hearing somebody different do Superman's voice and have to do this sort of just, I don't know, out there version of Superman that is it's not quite a caricature, but it's it's kind of like a caricature of Superman. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, other other voice actors we have on tap here. We have Sienna Irwin as Lois Lane. Uh, not to sound like a broken record, but great for a, a 1940s uh, newspaper reporter. Very fast talking, very uh, very over the top, but uh, a, a good Lois Lane. Definitely. Um, and we have Alexander Polinsky as Jimmy Olsen, who uh, I certainly knew him best as, although he's, he's been an actor for years and years. Uh, but I know him best as the control freak on the Teen Titans cartoon. Um, as uh, One of your faves? Yes, one of one of my favorite cartoons, and that was sort of one of the, as far as original characters that were created for that cartoon, he was sort of one of the the breakout villains of of that show, and so it was it was a little that part was almost a little distracting for me because as soon as I heard it, I oh that's Control Freak, <laughs> that's hard to <laughs> hear. But no, I think I think he does a good job as again this this aw shucks gee whiz night uh, you know Silver Age Jimmy Olsen, I think he does a fine job. Yeah, he's a little bit goofy. Jim, I mean, that Jimmy Olsen Silver Age character is just, man, out there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, he's he's no DCAU mulleted baggy pants, Jimmy Olsen, you know? Good, good point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, rounding out our voice casts and some of the more minor roles, you mentioned King Tut. We have John DiMaggio as King Tut, who uh, fans of this show or Fans of DC animation might know as, in fact, playing Aquaman on Batman the Brave and the Bold. Uh, of course, he was also the Joker in the Batman Under the Red Hood movies. One of our one of our favorite non-Hamill Jokers, I think it's fair to say. And, Agreed. Uh, was, I think he's he's tremendous as King Tut, as you pointed out. It's, it's only a, a maybe a a minute and twenty second scene, and he probably only has five or six lines of dialogue, but. A great uh, homage to again that just ridiculous character, like ridiculous and wonderful character from the the sixties Batman show. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 loads of fun, not a lot, and he also does the uh, the awkward like whatever noises that Toy Man was making, I believe. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uncredited. The, the the giggle, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have uh, we have Kevin Michael Richardson uh, playing Lex Luthor, as well as the very briefly seen uh, Mixia Spitlick, um, who again fans would know as the Joker from the Batman and uh, about a billion other uh, voice acting roles over the years. But uh, I lo- I like him as Luthor. He's 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 a little bit more understated. It's funny because we've been talking about all these sort of very over-the-top silly voice actors, but he gets to play sort of a more traditional, more sinister Lex Luthor, and I, I, I like him in that role. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit jarring. Again, it's one of those voices that you're used to hearing Clancy Brown. Uh, of course, we've heard, you know, we heard a, a, another different Luthor in Superman Red Sun, but uh, yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson has, has a voice for cartoons, so, um, <laughs> you know, it it's over the top it's it's uh it's very villainy and i think it fits this version of the overtly sinister lex luthor as opposed to the you know the covertly uh sinister luthor agreed 
And uh, yeah, so that that'll brought brings up. I will mention uh, we also had a Jeremy Shada, or perhaps it's Shada. I apologize if I'm butchering that, but uh, playing Robin in in that brief role as uh, he would probably be best known as. Uh, the voice of Finn on the very popular show Adventure Time, which I've never seen, but people that have seen it swear by it, so I'll, I'll take their word for it. But uh, always fun to see. Uh, uh, Ro- Ro- Robin uh, has an interesting arc, and perhaps we'll uh, we'll look at some of the Robin episodes of this series someday as well. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun to see him uh, in the cast as well. But yeah, overall, for for all the reasons we mentioned, Cal, it's such a great cast, and it's it's such a great piece of this this wonderful silver age tribute puzzle that we've been talking about all episode i actually went ahead and gave voice acting a perfect 10 out of 10 wow that's awesome um yeah i i gave it a very strong score as well not quite as high uh i went uh eight out of ten jimmy olsen annoyed me sorry that's <laughs> i mean that's not the voice actor's fault that's that's the character itself but i i took the points away because of the character of jimmy olsen so that's fair. Maybe, maybe i should have debited that from the plot i don't know but they both get the same score of eight so eight well, eight out of ten for for voice acting for me all right, Cal. Well, I guess that will bring us to our final score. Oh, wait a second. Oh, double. Two, two of them. So I guess that means we both have a bonus point this week? That would, uh, that would lead me to believe that is correct. Well, and it's funny enough. We, we talk very often on this show. If you've listened to any of our episodes, uh, you'll notice that a lot of times we have similar, though very rarely identical scores. Correct. Um, and we always like to point out that we do not discuss what scores either of us uh, are giving before the episode right. starts. We we right. learn each other's scores as we're recording our episodes here. Correct. Uh, but we do generally discuss bonus points uh, before the show, just for production reasons. Sure. And uh, <laughs> it just so <laughs> happens that for the first time ever, Cal... We're giving, we're each giving a bonus point to our score for the same moment. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, this moment, I, I watched this episode last night and I was watching it by myself with my, with my two of my dogs and, uh, I LOL'd so hard at this line for multiple reasons, the delivery, the over-the-top voice of Superman, the entire situation as a whole, and just the like, it's it's so like if I like if I had thought about it, maybe I would have given this like eight points to make this like the perfect episode. <laughs> That's how great this 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 particular line is. So, um, I'll let you explain it, and then we'll we'll play the line for the listeners. Yes. So as mentioned, there were so many different homages to classic comics, and this particular moment that we're talking about was in a, an homage to Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, number 26, uh, <laughs> where Lois Lane shows up after Superman's been infected with the red kryptonite in, in our episode. Uh, she shows up to have a picnic on the beach with Superman, where she finds Superman... And Lana Lang sitting together uh, having a uh, having a picnic, <laughs> at which point Superman tells her, uh, full of anger and, and red kryptonite, tells her that Lois deserves this for all of those love schemes that she put into play <laughs> wh- where she kept trying to trick Superman into marrying her. 
<laughs> and I'm not doing it justice, but like we said, we're gonna we're gonna play the clip in a second here. He's not the same person. We were supposed to have a picnic, but he was with another girl. It serves you right, Lois. After all the love schemes you pulled to get me to marry you. I have no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> My goodness. It's so funny. And again, you have that homage to the comic book cover, but it's just, and again, that's if, if you're familiar with that era of comics, it is so picture perfect of how ridiculous, uh, you know, Lois trying to trick Superman into loving her or marrying her repeatedly uh, was such a common thread and story point in that era of comics. And perhaps, uh, almost equal as equally as good as superman's line is when they cut back to lois moments later and as she's recounting the story to batman and she goes i have no idea what he's talking about <laughs> it's so good it's so so freaking funny yeah um, so superman he lied to lois to get her to come to the beach so she would see him with another woman in order to get back at her for all of the love schemes. Well, and, and almost as funny, you mentioned it also, but the scene, the scene where Jimmy Olsen is tearing down all his Superman paraphernalia out of his clubhouse. And he, he tells, he talks to he's talking to Batman and he flashes back to how Superman's a super jerk now. And he shows, they show this clip of him giving Superman this, this robe that's has Superman's S <laughs> monogrammed on it. And Superman just uses his, his <laughs> to burn a hole right through it. Yes. It's so incredible. <laughs> that whole montage of, of Superman being a jerk blowing clouds over the over <laughs> over to top the sun to ruin oh. everyone's nice sunny day uh, as we mentioned picking up and shaking the bottle city of candor yep and then as batman begins to talk to him he just drops it and you hear additional like <laughs> screams <laughs> and explosions happening just that that whole montage of superman being being out of control on red kryptonite uh, gets a bonus point from both of us this week. And as we mentioned, historically, the first time we've ever given bonus points to the same moment. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's so good. It's really, really funny. And uh, <laughs> I really, really it like that whole montage made this episode for me. Absolutely. And so that, Cal, will bring us to our final scores here. I have a final score tallying up all of uh, my points uh, a 37 out of 40. There you go. Uh, I'm a little bit lower. Um, I don't think we've ever done the disagreement alarm for actual emergency, scores here. Uh, it's a five-point differential. I think that's that's pretty large for us as far yeah. as differentials are concerned. Uh, I went a little bit lower. You had a 310, so that uh, that set, yes. set this apart for you. So uh, mine's a little lower at 32 out of 40. Uh well, there you go. But I would say as far as rewatchability, yes, absolutely. This is, uh, again, especially if you have a love for, for, those, for those era of comics, or even if you're just kind of vaguely familiar with them, uh, this is so, such, a, such a just ton of fun. And, you, and even in the midst of all the silliness, like we mentioned, you also get some, some really fun action and some great homages to some more serious uh, content as well. So it's, it's a really good mix. So I would definitely give this one a thumbs up for rewatchability. 
Yeah, it's it's 22 minutes. Uh, I mean, the comedy aspect alone of that Superman, mo- uh, uh, like <laughs> I want to go watch that montage right now. That's yes, that's how great it was. Um, and these are very light; they're not heavy, you know. And you can put them on and you know check your phone while you're watching it. If you're if you're one of those people that doesn't watch the TV while they're you know <laughs> watching TV, which is most people nowadays, I think. I say, I'm um, all guilty of it sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, that's something to put on for background noise to enjoy also. So uh, definitely even just for that, for the Batman Superman battle is a, is a, is a fun, fun one also. Definitely. So that will uh, begin to wrap us up here for this week, Cal. Thank you so much for listening. As we've mentioned, you can head to DCAUreview.com. That's where you can find our new episodes every week, but you can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Spotify app, as, as, as well as many other uh, third-party apps, I'm sure. So we do appreciate those of you who do subscribe. And uh, also be sure to hit us up on social media, at DCAU Review on Twitter, as well as Instagram. Uh, let us know what you think of this episode. Uh, let us know what you think we should uh, review next. And uh, any other feedback you have for us, any other uh, DCAU topics that might come up during the week, you can always find us on uh, on one of the social medias, and uh, we'll be happy to discuss that stuff with you. Absolutely. And- yeah, always always love interacting with people, and uh, lots of exciting things still happening. We are uh, eagerly anticipating uh, some of the new Batman stuff, the Adventures Continue stuff, uh, a lot of great news and stuff seemingly coming out on a, a weekly basis for that. <laughs> uh, but we've talked about it several times in the last uh, last couple weeks. It's a great time to be a fan of the DCAU. So join the conversation, follow us on social media, and and uh, hey, uh, we have a couple contests that we're working on too. So you might even win something just for just for chatting with us. So keep an eye on our social media. Sounds like a good deal. And uh, before we leave, I will let our listeners know, Cal, what we'll be reviewing next week, which will be the Legion of Superheroes cartoon, the pilot episode of that show, which is called Man of Tomorrow. So we've got yet another Elseworld Superman and also happens to be a show that uh, has James Tucker as the lead producer. So. We might have some similar things to talk about next week, or perhaps that show will stand out completely on its own. Uh, either way, looking forward to uh, looking at that show for probably the first time since it aired. Uh, yeah, I've not, is... I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen anything from that. So it's going to be a uh, a brand new show for me, for me. So we'll be interested to see uh, my first introduction to the Legion of Superheroes cartoon. What uh, my thoughts are. All right. Well, that sounds good. We can't wait to see that next week. And uh, pretty soon we'll be discussing what we'll be reviewing in the month of April, including our very exciting 100th episode, which is just around the corner. But we'll get to that down the line. And until next week, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.